0: FSR.
1: This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox
3: Sports Radio.
0: Greetings. Happy Halloween. Playing the role of Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers tonight, the Texas Rangers. Playing the role of teenagers having sex in the woods, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be
3: that was a pretty good analogy because you know the uh the diamondbacks as the teenagers their effort tonight didn't last very long no 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 hey hey after the sex i'm gonna go get a beer and you stay
0: here and i'll be right back except i won't be right back i'll be dead and then you'll be dead and that's how it goes
3: wow it really went uh left turn What's how, unless, 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 well, there's the one where I mean, there's kills. the guy that gets away because he doesn't go home. Yeah, but... He just yeah, bar hops. I mean, uh, you oh, he could have been that guy.
0: guy. That, that guy in Friday the 13th part, Two. Hey, many <laughs>
3: places open later. Yeah, all right, so stay out late and drink all I night. I mean, that guy's you know? a legend. Yeah, don't I mean, get- You want to talk about a horror film legend? They should have had a sequel about that guy's life. Yeah. Once he heard what the hell happened to everybody else. He's doing interviews now. Hey, what was the key to you
0: surviving? Man, I stayed out to drink beer and I didn't finish till like four in the morning. By the time I got back, there were police cars and sirens and everything and they were bringing out dead bodies. And it was crazy, man. So, so I found the place that was still open. I went back to it. And then
3: uh, I don't really remember much after that. It was a really good after party. <laughs> I met some nice, uh, nice moms. Yeah. <laughs> they, they looked after me.
0: Well, now you see, it, it's funny because now Mike and I are have gone through the because lots of times over the last few years we have been off on Halloween. Yeah, for you, took, different you reasons. took days off. Our kids growing up, doing different things, taking Halloween off. Now both of us are old enough where our kids are doing their own thing, and it's I may as well work on Halloween because you know we got the World Series, got a lot of stuff going on. See, it's, it's the NFL trade deadline, it's all this, and and the kids don't need don't need us around. They're doing their own thing. It's like okay, let let me I'll pick you up from wherever after the show is over. Just yeah, I was
3: know. kind of excited, you know, because they, they they brought it up the other day. It's like, hey, you taking a day off? I go. I would have. We could. We could have gone and seen Guns N' Roses. Why did you say something? And then like, okay, well, uh, all right, we'll go do this. Like, my older daughter's supposed to have a class tonight, and then the professor about an hour ago just said out of hell with this. Half of you ain't yeah, who's have a class up. on Halloween? Well, it's That's like you know, it's like playing the World Series on Halloween. Why the hell are you playing the World Series on Halloween? Come on, man. Why not? People are walking by windows. Maybe you stop and watch a half inning and hey, try to predict the pitch. You get the big butterfinger if you guess right. Sir, sir, can
0: you please just move on from my house, sir? I uh, can you can you, hey, move, hey, on? Can hey, you move on? Can you move on? Guess the sir?
3: outcome of this at bat, you get a better candy bar. So I want to. Otherwise, you, you get nothing but a handful of Warm jelly bellies.
0: I'll give you. I'll give you this candy bar if you just leave now. How about that? I'll give just stop standing and watching. You're creeping me out. You're creeping the kids out. Come on, man. And if you're your dad it. back there,
3: you're doing it. To can me. can uh, guess what happens in this inning? You know, <laughs> runs, hits, errors. Does he retire him in order? If he gets it right, we either have a nice domestic beer, or if he gets a perfect inning, well, over there some imported stuff.
0: <laughs> we had uh, tonight at our like we had a couple of of people start early. You
3: know the Younger kids start early. Oh yeah! And, right after and, school, start walking home and uh, reading. The buckets on the uh, porches. One of the fr- wow, look at you bringing, making Halloween. Yeah, just take all the stuff off didn't, the porch. No, I wasn't man. saying I was the doing that the guy, nor was I advocating for yeah, it. So you just i just that. saying like
0: That's the way it works. All you got to do is just say, hey, yes, it's great to come home and trick or treat in the afternoon and go out again at night. No, instead I got to turn it into, hey, man, I'm just going to, what does the candy people leave on the porch? Just dump it all in my bag and leave it, man. That's how it works. You can just be nice about I Halloween. I wasn't advocating
3: man. for it. I'd be the guy now with a ring doorbell saying, one, you get. That one, put that down!
0: Oh, okay. Of the people on this show most likely to turn into a killer on Halloween, you are you are the leader in that, right? Not at now. all. You are the I'm leader in that. Yes. No. You yes. I mean, really? After the, later. after the last after the last ninety seconds, people think. Well, you're you a murdered lover. off oh, all I'm the teenagers. Lover. I didn't murder anybody. Sure. I was, I was just saying you the role had of get lucky and then you killed them off. The role of the murder teenagers tonight. <laughs> the Arizona Diamondbacks, dude. It's
3: ten to one in the sixth man, inning. Come on, man. My guy Corey Seager getting it done again. Yeah, this is. A bludgeoning. Mm. But uh, so we had this girl. We
0: had this girl come by. She came by with her mom. Mom was dressed in a cowboy outfit. She was dressed up. She's like a like a like a bloody uh, um, zombie, and it was really cool. And she's probably about nowhere. She was any more than than five or six years old. And she came up, and I had the candy. And I said, "Oh my god, you look so bloody." And she was like, this is, "This is about twenty minutes ago." I said, "You look so bloody," and she goes, "Yes, yes, like yes." I said, "Thank you." I go, "Here you go." And we have a decoration on our lawn that's a body like in a body bag oh, that's and it got blood stains on it that's and healthy. i said and i said hey and in there there's a real dead body and she looked at me and she went cool and she walked away and she poked it with her finger and kept going <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, got to keep an eye on that kid. We got to keep an eye on that kid. for the You got to follow her. I got to call somebody. She just said the dead, real dead body on the lawn was cool and poked it. Well, uh, she, she needs some uh, surveillance right now.
3: Yeah, but you always want to call child services on me. I mean, are you talking about, what are you doing? Well, they should, I, I think they should have a, a station
0: like on the corner of your block, so they can get there pretty fast. Listen, it's the commute to back and forth. The Harmons were there
3: every day. Why don't I just move close? Uh, I'm the we best want to move there close? was, best right there is, the best there ever will be. Right down the street. Yeah, I spe- even brought in, you know, some chocolate chip cookies and some Aww. some pretzels, and, and you didn't bother to appear. Uh, what do you mean, no I mean, appearance by you. What do you mean? No appearance by me. I'm here. We're doing the show together. Quitter. you a quit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, we are live from the tire rack.com studios. Don't forget we're in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year, the world's best, headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships on November 3rd and 4th. Countdown begins now. Get tickets today at BreedersCup.com. Look at my hooves. Uh we do we do have a, we do have we do have a pretty big Halloween guest that I want to talk about in a couple of minutes. But uh, yes, World Series right now, bottom of the sixth inning. Rain is not gonna be DeKempi Matumbo. Rangers are up 10 to 1 over Arizona and at this point we're looking at a three games to one lead for Texas Dimebacks got to win the last three yes they have the pitchers you want to see on the mound but it doesn't matter first four games has been all Texas and as you picked before um, as long as the Rangers win it Corey Seager is going to be your World Series MVP Two run homer to tie the game in the ninth inning of game one. Two run homer to be the difference in game three when they won three to one. Two run homer tonight to push the lead out to five to five nothing in this game. Uh, he has had all the big hits. He is the first shortstop with three home runs in a World Series ever. That's never happened before. So as long as the Rangers win, doesn't matter what anybody does from now on here on out, as long as the Rangers win, he's going to be your two time World Series MVP. And now you're talking about Corey Seeger. Is he a Hall of Famer? Because already Whoa. here he is in his twenties and he's won two World Series and two World Series MVPs. And between him and Bruce Bochi, we're gonna talk about their their cases for Cooperstown.
3: Well, Bochi would be a given, right? This is number four uh coming out of retirement after a couple of years. I'm bored. Let's go let's go back to work. Rangers spent a lot of money. Okay, cool. They didn't spend it wisely in in a bunch of these cases, but that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll cobble it together. We'll make it work. I mean, Seeger thirty three three twenty seven batting average on the year uh, would be remiss. and Marcus Simeon had on himself uh, a hell of a game as well five RBI, including the two run triple uh, ahead of Seeger's home run. But you know, Seeger starts to it starts to become an interesting conversation right between the regular season and postseason uh and and what what grabs the voters i guess is the best way to put it because you look at his regular season uh stats to this point 292 but only 170 home runs 543 rbi does have 230 doubles, so he is uh, wrapping them to the wall with great regularity. Uh, But, you know, those overall numbers right there aren't going to be enough, but I would love to hear the arguments in a room if he stopped, if he does win another World Series MVP because we do usually put the premium on postseason. It's always been the argument trying to put Curt Schilling in. That hasn't worked. No, no. But look,
0: look, he'll be a good – he'll be a – right now, 29 years old. Let's just say the Rangers win the World Series, right? Corey Seager is 29 years old. He is a four-time – all-star. Mm-hmm. He is a two-time World Series MVP. He is a very, very good way above average offensive hitting shortstop, right? His Rookie last of couple year. years, over 30 home runs, 80 to 90 RBIs. He is a great offensive hitting shortstop. His his career batting average is near 300. His career war is is, is up near 30. So there, there's not a lot he has to do other than maintain. And you're talking about Corey Seager, Hall of Famer. Now, is he a Hall of Famer without the World Series no, but hey, when you're the World Series MVP, that gets you to Hall of Fame. That's going to get Eli Manning to the Hall of Fame. The guy was one sure. game over 500 for his career, but guess what? He won two Super Bowls. He beat Brady in both of them and outdueled him and, and drove the Giants down for game-winning scores in both games. Yep. So he's going to be he's going to get in the Hall of Fame when you do something like that on the biggest stage. That's kind of how it goes for you. And you know, when you look at some of these great players, right, in 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 Major League Baseball history, and uh, I see a lot of you know it was. A Kind of fun on my Facebook feed. There's a lot of stuff going around about how, hey, who had the better career between these two? Ted Williams or Joe DiMaggio? Or is it Stan Musial or Lou Gehrig? And you know, but a bunch of Mike Schmidt versus Eddie Murray, right? Who had the better career? And when I look at what these guys' career war is, they're all like in the 30s. And I'm like, wow, really? The career war? These guys are only in the f- their entire careers. They mashed like 40 home runs a year, drove in a buck, 20, and all this. And you have players like Corey Seager who right now, his war is over 30. He's got a career war of 32. And he's going to play a few more years, and that career war is going to get to 40, 50 and, and when, when, when you think about all the advanced stats that we now care about for the Hall of Fame where hits are less of a big deal and 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 war is a bigger deal and wins are less of a big a deal for a pitcher as it is era or strikeouts or or whip becomes a big thing uh, you realize how the arguments and the qualifications are going to change with the modern era and Corey is one of those modern era guys yeah look at what he's done look at what his career war is look at what look at what he has in the clutch and he's one of those new modern candidates and as long as if this goes the way it does right now and look everybody's talking about Corey seager being the two-time world series mvp yeah that's kind of i I don't know how you keep him out if that's going on
3: i I think we also look at you know extrapolated a couple more years playing there in arlington because remember he had his world series and playoff heroics when they had that uh bubble uh scenario there in texas uh with the dodgers and then he goes to, and joins the Rangers right now for his career, a 305 hitter, 46 home runs, 37 doubles, and 104 RBI in 638 uh, career plate appearances. I mean, that that's pretty impressive, right? You talk about when you go to at-bats, it's one extra base hit uh, per 10 at-bats. So you start putting up numbers like that, you do that for another four or five years, yeah, all of a sudden you're at 340 home runs uh, Etc. So, and that career batting average gets even higher. So, the opportunity uh, certainly is there, and it doesn't look like they're going to be uh, short on spending money anytime soon.
0: So, there you go. Get ready. Get ready. Corey Seeger, Hall of Famer. Get ready. If yeah, only right. the Dodgers had a player like that, Jason. Yeah, uh, you know, I was you you you, you took the words right out of my mouth, Frostberg, You t- because they, they clearly chose like, and that's the that's the funny thing is that the Dodgers they went out and got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer as part of the deal. Going, okay, we're going to lose Corey Seager most likely. He's going to need a big contract for whatever reason. We're going to protect against losing him by going to get Trey Turner. Okay, and now they don't have either of them. And you, Trey can, Turner, boy, can beat it. You can, point to, you can point to that. You want to talk about the Dodgers and their hitting and, 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 and where their downturn is, the difference in the team the last couple of years. It's, a, it's that hole that now exists at shortstop, right, yeah. where they had to go and plug in Ahmed Rosario for a while. Because, you know, look, the Dodgers have had never shortstop go full play Mets. for a while. All right, and and it's been it's been really good. Right? Hey, okay, we're good if we go from Seeger to Trey Turner, but now you lost both of them. you. Wouldn't sign them, and now you just have a huge hole there. No, that, I, that's all fine and good, deal. but but that's you're you the
3: stars that you did spend a lot of money on can't be regular season heroes they actually have to do something in october oh sure but you what you're saying is bleeping you had, you had you had Mike, two what would stuff. jason know about october you had to sh- <laughs> we played
0: in october you jerk you know what's going to happen i'm just i'm just upset the jets aren't going to kick the crap out of the chargers in october it's going to be a november game good luck next monday frostburg good i'll, I'll luck. take side bets off the air <laughs> good <laughs> luck good luck breaking news right now coming from our studio 10 o'clock at night here on the west coast Coast. (laughs) isaac lowenkron has it for us right now high low
4: the las vegas raiders have just announced that they have fired head coach josh mcdaniels as well as general manager david ziegler Raiders owner Mark Davis saying in a statement, and I quote, After much thought about what the Raiders need to move forward, I have decided to part ways with Josh and Dave. I want to thank them both for their hard work and wish them and their families nothing but the best. Again, the Las Vegas Raiders just announcing that they have fired both head coach Josh McDaniels as well as general manager Dave Ziegler. The Raiders this season 3-5 and coming off Monday Night Football. Balls loss last night at the Detroit Lions.
0: Oh, Michael Myers, you just lost your news cycle. Uh, so here we are. It's happy, a final. Happy trade deadline day. Happy Halloween, Josh McDaniels. Can I get some candy? Yeah, here you go. What's that? It's a slip. You're done. You're fired. <laughs> You're absolutely done. Uh, not how I thought today was going to end. It is a very typical Raider thing to do. We're going to do it in the middle of the night. Uh, we're doing it at ten o'clock at night, like we make this decision here, so people can wake up tomorrow and it's all good. Like that's a typical Raider thing to do, right? Like we're going to, we're not going to do it first thing in the morning. Where people can talk about it all day and look for interviews. No, no. We're going to do it at 10 o'clock at night. So at, at the end, it's going to be people wake up in the morning and, oh, yeah, this happened late last night. Yeah, it's a, it's over. We have our new head coach, right? Tom Flores is back or whatever they're going to wind up doing. So they fire Josh McDaniels and GM David Ziegler
3: at 10 o'clock at night on Halloween. <laughs> you want a good one, though, Jason? <laughs> we saw the press release, right? I saw it in my timeline. So where did the press release come from, Mike? came from at Raiders on their Twitter. And I just now see Adam Schefter sources. The Raiders have fired their head coach and GM. You're a little late, Shefty. Sor- your source is the Raiders. You're, you're so- your source is the Raiders on
0: Twitter. <laughs> How do we dump this? How about we do it on Halloween at 10
3: o'clock at night? <laughs> well, I mean, look, last night the Harden trade went down 10 minutes seven minutes, whatever it was officially after we went off air tonight. Well, here you go. Final hour of the program, right as we finish the the update and the intro to the hour, and bam! NFL news. Mm. <laughs> you thought the trade deadline... I mean, did he get fired because he wasn't able to go and get proper compensation? Ziegler, this is. Uh, for Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams?
0: <laughs> oh, uh... Look, there's so much to get to with this. There's so much to get to. Ooh, getting clubbed for, by the Bears I mean, and then uh, later the Lions. i Not mean, you, for anybody. You have the on-brand of the Raiders. We're going to do it, like I said, 10 o'clock at night on Halloween. I mean, really? Like the kids are out counting their candy. Oh, Raiders fired their head coach. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this is some kind of move. Is it unexpected? No, because you knew at the end of the year that Josh McDaniels was going to get fired, right? You knew that was going to happen. That Things, things had not gone well enough for the Raiders. They have absolutely no identity, absolutely none. And, and I don't know that things were going to get better, and I don't know that it was going to get better any time with any moves you could make, right? Like I thought coming off of last night, this is where the Raiders understand we stink. And we're going to trade Devontae Adams. We're going to trade Josh Jacobs. We're going to trade Hunter Renfro. We're going to get whatever assets we can because the rest of this year is just setting it up for next year. Right. Jimmy G stinks. He can't stay healthy. He can't make Devontae Adams uh, a weapon. He can't do any of this stuff. Right. So why are we why are we going to even go through the motions that something else is going to happen other than this now to do it now? I kind of think it's a little bit gut. I mean, not doing it 10 o'clock at night, but I kind of think it's a little bit gutsy by the Raiders because they could have stayed down this path and gone to the end of the year and said, all right, well, we couldn't make any trades today. We couldn't make stuff happen, whatever it was. We're going to go and try to. No, no, we still want to try to make something of this season. And we're going to have new leadership in there in the middle of the year because this is what's going to make it work. And, and I kind of dig that. I kind of and, and you know part of it had to be that Josh McDaniels lost the locker room whether he lost Devontae Adams I'm sure or some other guys with, with some of his decisions over the course of the year but I, I kind of think that that in a, in a weird way outside of the timing of it doing it for the Raiders tells me we still believe in this team in this year and I kind of like that and I think you're going to see a lot of big changes coming to the team whether it's Aiden O'Connell starting a quarterback for them whether it's Devontae Adams getting the ball in the first play of every single game to keep him happy but you're going to see some changes for the Raiders and you can't say it's going to be bad because it wasn't going it wasn't going great now so any change is a good one for them.
3: Yeah, I mean, haven't seen anything about who uh te- steps up in the interim, uh but you're looking at over the last 14 days, right? The the loss to the Bears just catastrophic. It put McDaniel's in he was at plus 200 uh as the favorite uh, for first coach to be fired in the updated uh, odds coming into today, so uh, less than 24 hours after that update, boom, there it is, uh, off he goes. But you you lost to to Tyson Bajan. your team got run over and didn't look like they wanted to be on the field. And then you have a game against the Lions on national television now, and we did everything we could to sell, or at least I did when you're talking about forcing the Lions to settle for field goals, etc. But you still gave up 500 yards of total offense, and you had a wide receiver throwing a tantrum because he can't connect with the quarterback. And you can fight all you want about, you know, one throw or the other, the one out of the end zone. And should he have been able to step into that throw, take the hit, and may, and deliver the ball for what would have been, what, a 95, 96-yard touchdown, whatever it would have been officially. Okay, maybe. The other one would have been a 60-yard touchdown. That's the one that you focus on and go, wow, that's just a, a wide-open look that you just miss. You just need to lob it up there and let him go run after it. Instead, sails out of bounds. So two huge throws. Josh Jacobs has been grossly ineffective. He had like a four-run stretch yesterday against the Lions. like, hey, they're actually getting some traction. And he found his way into the end zone. Hey, positivity. You haven't had much of that through the first half of the season after you brought him back on a one-year $10 million deal. All of it to say, your GM put this squad together. You've got a couple of all-stars, got your last year's leading rusher, a guy in Devontae Adams that you love. You let Darren Waller go. That's fine. You drafted the kid from Notre Dame. He's been a non-factor. Hunter Renfro has raised his hand saying, I want in whenever possible. He's been a non-factor. And you you just go down the list. It's just a comedy of errors as it goes. But that loss to the Bears, that magnified so many problems that you had. And then last night, you just put a giant exclamation point at the end of it. So I hate to say it, Jason, but here we are with uh, Same Old Raiders. Yeah, well, uh, going forward, Adam
0: Schefter just put this out. They're going to name linebacker coach Antonio Pierce, their interim head coach. Now you kind of understand why they didn't do anything trade deadline, right? Because you you said that thing in the beginning. Uh, Hey, how much they could they couldn't move on from guys. I think if they really wanted to, they would have been able to find people. They would have found people for Devontae Adams. They would have found people for Josh Jacobs. They would have found somebody for Hunter Renfro. You would have been able to do that. You would have been able to find somebody if you really wanted. Uh, maybe you wouldn't get exactly what you'd expect, but would you have gotten a second-round pick for Devontae Adams? Probably. Would you have gotten a third-round well, pick like for Josh thing, Jacobs? No. Probably. Right? You, If you really wanted to, you would have found someone because these are talented guys that don't fit with the Raiders and, and would fit with with other with other teams, so yeah, so okay. If you really want to do it, the fact they didn't do anything tells me that this was going to wind up being their move, and they knew it, and they just decided to wait for the news dump to announce it. Like they probably knew they were going to be doing this hours ago. Like after last night, what are we going to do? Mark Davis is unhappy. The players are unhappy. We spent a lot of money on these guys. Spent a lot of money on Devonte Adams. We paid Josh Jacobs for this year. We paid to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. They this is not working. Can we really cut bait on all of them? No. Let's go get a new head coach and a new GM and get a new direction. Right? So I, I that's kinda how I see it going down because now the Raiders lack of activity today makes more sense. So I, I don't think it was a case where they couldn't make a trade. I think this is they knew this is what they wanted to do, but we're gonna wait until the middle of the night uh, on the East Coast to, to let it go and let people know about it. So that's kinda how I see things and now the last twenty four hours with the Raiders make a little bit more sense.
3: But you tie your GM's hands to a, a bunch of uh, albatrosses. Is that the proper, uh, or, or is it just albatross? Is that the pluralization? Albatross. Sure. Albatross. Albatry? Okay. Albatry. Anyway, just the idea of uh, you're going nowhere in a division that is, is very difficult to navigate because now you're getting lapped by the Denver Broncos who are playing some better football of late. Are they great? No, uh, but they're far better off. Uh, than you've been thus far. And so we, we look at what the, the Raiders have and the money invested. We talk about sunk costs, and it's not often that you'd see Al Davis and certainly not Mark Davis. Uh, look, just four weeks ago he was yelling at fans, smotting up, when they were saying <laughs> to fire McDaniels. And now you go and you, you decide that that's your path. I would have thought it would have been a slash and burn to just get rid of all of this so that you get to start fresh the next year with a bunch of assets for the new GM, as opposed to a continued disgruntled wide receiver, et cetera. But I guess maybe maybe you have a better chance of getting closer to market value for him postseason. Josh Jacobs will be off the books. You still have Garoppolo, but that's only one ill.
0: You still, but you still, you still kind of can't. You still can do that in the offseason. But but like I said, thinking about it from Mark Davis's perspective, it was, okay, we've had eight games. We're not one and seven. We're three and five. Things should be better. I spent a lot of money on these guys. Let's just make sure they can't do it. Right, and that I kind of understand. I understand the whole, hey, we spent money on this team, making it the way it was. Now, was it a great plan? No, I don't think the Raiders had a plan. It was let's get this guy and let's get this guy and let's get this guy. They don't have an identity, and 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 trying to make it work like this, I don't see it. But I get the philosophy of. I spent money on these guys. Let's just see if they can. Let's see if different leadership, a different kind of system, something else we can get the maximum out of these guys. Because in the end, Josh Jacobs is still 26, right? He's still young. And if if he suddenly goes crazy the rest of the year, hey, guess what? You got a guy that's a Pro Bowl running back who's still well on the right side of 30. Maybe you rediscover Hunter Renfro, right? Maybe Jacoby Myers gets back to being the guy he was the first five or six weeks where he was a great offseason signing. Or you get Devontae Adams' back to where he is being one of the most dominant wide receivers in football and not being overthrown by Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe if Garoppolo can't do it, it is Aiden
3: O'Connell. But, but is it so suddenly the idea that Mick Lombardi, son of former executive Michael Lombardi, former employee of the Patriots, the Jets, and uh, was a defensive assistant under Jim Tom Tomsula, uh, that suddenly as offensive coordinator, he's going to unlock all their potential? That McDaniel's was the guy holding back the offense. Yeah, boy, what a oh, no, smack listen, in that hey, face! No, I'm giving look, look, look. Mark Davis look. way too much credit no, here. I, no, 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 I was no. Say, no, no. He's not that smart. No, no, no. Mark Davis,
0: no, Mark Davis is just saying I've spent all this money. He Probably typed know, this release up in the back and, of his minivan, and, and, and you know how he doesn't like to eat money, right? He doesn't like. Well, to but that's do the that. thing—the fact that as he fired these guys. Right. Like, wow, but as a, but that that's a drop in the bucket compared to what he's paying the guys on the field, and if you got to make it, you got to make it decision, then you make a decision on, hey, we keep the players, and we move on from the guys making the decision, the guys who made the decisions to bring the players in. But that's what I'm saying, is Mark Davis is, I spent all this money, I want to see if it can work. So before I get rid of it and and, and start moving on, which is what other teams would have done and started planning for next year, I want to see if this can work right now. And it it sort of tells me why Aiden O'Connell has not played quarterback up until now, because who knows what the philosophy is, and Mark Davis may be saying, no, I gave Jimmy Garoppolo money, we're going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo, when he, we're going to play him when he's there. Right? We're going to we're gonna continue to play Devonta Adams, even if he's pissed, and, and even if he's, he's throwing and slamming his helmet down. We're going to play money. We're going to play these guys making this cash, and I want you to see if it works. That's my desire. And, okay, like I said, I get that part of it. I get that because you can still move on at the end of the season if you want to. I'd have done it middle of the season, because you would have had more uh, assets coming in, you would have finished with a worse record, you would have had a high draft pick for a franchise quarterback but this way of doing it yeah, no I mean I'm not saying they're doing it very altruistically but I understand exactly what the Raiders are trying to do with this
1: be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m Eastern 7 p.m Pacific
0: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith show with maybe my best friend, Mike Harmon, unless he's the one that stole candy from my the place is evil. If you like using debit over credit, shouldn't you also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. to a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. That's discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member, FDIC. I'll tell you, my wife is hot. She is hot about this, about those people stealing. she said, you know, she even just came in to me and said if, a couple minutes ago, I don't care that people stole the candy, but the bowl we've had that bowl forever. That's our Halloween bowl. We've had it's huge, it's orange, we've had it for like twenty years. Nope, gonna steal that Halloween. We've given candy out of that thing for twenty years. But you know what? Someone new home, new stole. bowl. Uh, <laughs> let's get a new bowl.
3: Well, I mean, look, it's passage of time. That you know what? you, you exercise demons of anything of the prior house. You've moved into a new spot, a new neighborhood. Someone decided they liked your old bull. Now, if you looked it up on eBay and you found out it was some vintage <laughs> piece, the yeah, yeah, yeah. then yeah, you're no, salty, no, no. but, you know. And here's where you guys should all be
0: upset. Here's where you guys should really be upset because— <laughs> No, well, well. First of all, I still don't know it was. I just like the idea of Pam
3: running around and getting in the car to try to chase people down. Getting in the car and driving to see who stole the candy. Nothing sane. I mean, it's it's Halloween. It's supposed to be insanity. Eh, that's a little unhinged. You're still yeah. crying about this, Smith? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the
0: thing. You guys should be pissed, too, because what do I do every year? Whatever leftover candy I have, I bring in for all of you guys, right? The next day is always, I. hey, I've all eaten you, one of your you day is always candy day, right? Yeah, but I you always can- take all no, the no chocolate candy.
3: out and anything good. No,
0: I, I don't need a bunch kidding? of smarties. I just, I just, I bring all the almond
3: joy and mounds that I have left over and you guys enjoy that. That, the lemonade. I heads. do enjoy a, an almond joy, but that's usually picked over fast, man. You know how it works here. I come in to do a segment with you. By the time I go back to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee, all those are gone. You no. got to search the backpacks of the guys no. uh, <laughs> and women in the editing bay, man. Come on. Those are gone. <laughs> guys in the editing bay are just grabbing. on I would, I would. Now, now
0: I know I could just take the bowl. They would take just, the bowl. I'll take all of Jason's. Well, because that just would just be one again. of those
3: little bowls, uh, you know, from the uh, the kitchen. There, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, man, I cannot believe you are that. so that salty.
0: Is... Well, Pam is really Pam is really mad. She's, why would you steal that? In the end, people the
3: suck. Gone. How many oh. times have we we've been on air together
0: almost almost a decade at this point? My mantra
3: in general: there's a lot of nice people out there, yeah. but there's a great percentage that people that just suck. Yeah. and hate other. people. People that yeah. are only looking out for what they can get, instead of thinking the collective and how you can make your team better, how you can push things forward. No, give me all the candy that I can get, and your bowl. Hey, I saw the guy going to this
0: house the other day. He was wearing a Mets hat. Oh, let's definitely come back and steal all the Halloween stuff when it's time. Let's taste your joint.
3: They figured oh, if God. you had a bunch of decorations on the lawn, you had extra <laughs> money for extra
0: candy. <laughs> You're lucky they didn't break into your car and leave you jets tickets. No, oh, two they or four, left four. Or six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you're just lucky the game is at our place next week, Frostburg. Can you imagine just so five You'll be crying legends. before it even starts. If uh, Herbert's not even going to play, he's going to. say, oh, I can't go up against that secondary. It's too good. I'm going to. I'm going to have a phantom injury. It's and too sit good. Out. You barely can't beat the Giants, man. You I had to go to overtime. Wasn't it? The, they didn't. They didn't throw a pass the last three quarters. So they were so scared.
3: They Didn't even throw a pass. Why, Bob? When it was working, <laughs> it wasn't working. You had they the sc- lead. No, they weren't. Scoring they had the points. lead into the final two minutes no. of the game. It's all fine.
0: They were, all they were doing was not turning it over and punting it back to us. There's nothing Our wrong offense with that. It was terrible. No, it's you. Like- it was a
3: long, protracted battle of no, field no, position. No, 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 and then no, Graham was- with his surgically uh, his knee desperately in need of surgical repair, shanked a 35-yarder. That's the tail of the tape.
0: The tail of the tape was the offense was so. Unbelievably terrible. Okay. Unbelievably terrible. The defense was able to do everything they needed to do. The Giants scored 10 points, and we couldn't get more than that on the board until we finally pulled it out at the end. That's not, that's not, with that BS pass interference call. This is, oh, really? You think that was a bad the call? The latest Seriously? in a long line of suspect no, calls stop. benefiting you and your teams. <laughs> right, right, because because right, against the Chiefs, when we got all the calls against them, they the bailed balls, right? out Zach yeah. Wilson. We got all those. Yeah, sure, 100%. Uh, meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers said,
3: call this one as if I threw it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Meanwhile, look, uh, away from the guy who may or may not have had his daughter come and steal candy from Elijah. the front of house. Uh, the World Series, Game 4 is over. The Rangers withstand a little bit of a Diamondbacks rally. The Snakes-Bats get hot late. They get four in the eighth thanks to a Gurriel home run. They get two in the ninth on a two-run single, but it's not quite enough. The Rangers win at 11-7. They are one game away from winning the World Series, and Corey Seager may be one game away from winning his second world series mvp joining us now on the hotline to break it all down nobody better long time mlb insider check him out on twitter at john morosi it is john paul morosi he of the red hot lions pickums jp what's happening buddy
2: I am outstanding, my friends. Uh, I tell you what, uh, and yes, I I will try to keep my Lions streak going, but uh, there is no streak right now quite like the Texas Rangers on the road in the postseason. A record-setting 10 straight road wins to begin the postseason, and here they are now, one victory away from the first World Series title in franchise history.
0: All right, so let me ask you this, JP. We watched this. We, we know Corey Seager's excellence. We'll get to him in a second. If I said to you, complete the sentence, the Rangers are up 3-1 over the Diamondbacks because, what are you telling me is the number the one thing that stands out to you the most in this series? They're up 3-1 because what?
2: They score runs in bunches and that was the case today certainly before today i think the big headline is adolis garcia not being a part of the lineup for tonight because of the oblique injury that he state this is a big strike kind of a team now they were able to obviously win um, the, the walk-off fashion one in which looking back you might say was was the swing game of the series we just didn't really fully realize it at the time because obviously it's a very different uh, series if Arizona goes up to nothing in Texas and of course the, the Rangers are able to come back and win that game and then you look at going forward Tonight, I think they, they won this game early with big offense, a couple really pivotal at-bats. I think that the second-inning walk, it was the, the lower third of the lineup that was able to to swing things around and, and, and give the top of the lineup like Semyon and eventually Seager chances to do damage. I, I think it was so interesting, guys, that in the, in the lead-up to this game, we talked a lot about without Garcia, will, will the D-backs even give Seager a pitch to hit? And you could argue that that they made some mistakes early on, obviously, against Seager. But the reality is that that strategy about how you control Seager becomes a lot more challenging if Semyon is on base and if Semyon is doing damage. And certainly he was doing both those things tonight. So this was where your superstar free agent signings and uh, really, I think, step forward. They are missing Garcia who in, in so many ways has been the, the storyline of this painters, but very different now. Without him, you had to have Seager and Simeon step up. They did, along with Andrew Heaney, who had the start of his life with a tremendous outing in his first World Series start, and right now the Rangers are on the brink because of a lot of I think big swings of the
3: talked about coming in. The fact that we're saying the words uh, you know, bullpen game or or, you know, kind of the, all right, hoping to get three innings out of some of these guys when you get to a game four. It's a new world order in Major League Baseball. So the fact that he went five strong, I was very excited.
2: Right, well, exactly. Well, and it's, it's something that we, we are now celebrating. And I think it's something that, to be honest, the commissioner has talked about looking at it and finding ways to incentivize teams to, to have a full complement of starting pitchers, if you will. Now, obviously, there's, there's other layers here. Mm-hmm. Health is part of it, the attrition of, of pitching now and, and how many injuries are, are so commonplace. But you look around, a lot of teams, the Dodgers are one of them, the big market, high payroll Dodgers, ran out of starting pitching. The Yankees ran out of starting pitching. Uh, even the Phillies, to an extent, who have a large payroll, they ran out of it, too. Uh, they just didn't trust Tylon Walker to start a game, and they ended up starting Sanchez in a game that went against them and, and turned that series around in the National League Championship Series. So, there's just a dearth of teams who have five strong, quality starting pitchers that you trust this late into the postseason. And, and to your point, you're exactly right, that, that we are in a lot of ways praising Heaney for doing something that we would have considered was commonplace, if, if in some ways uh, below the expectation of, of innings pitched if you go back a generation ago. But it's just a different game. I think team a lot of data that suggests that the bullpenning idea – works well, but only if your guys come in and execute. And I think that the Diamondbacks, they had a tremendously successful approach with this exact same idea in game four of the championship series against the Phillies. But all it takes is one guy, in this case maybe, uh, maybe you'd say Castro early on, to not quite have it. And that sets everything off its axis, and you never quite recover. They end up scoring seven runs, which is tremendous output, really. And they got LeClerc into the game at the end, which is also a small victory. But this is not the way that it was supposed to go for the Diamondbacks. They should have had uh, better pitching in this game. They cannot give up 11 runs and expect to win a World Series game. And as a result, they face elimination tomorrow night in Game 5
0: uh jp we know they're going to play the rest of the way we got their noah Dolas garcia who is worth 10 men didn't matter tonight they still scored 11 runs does this give you a little bit of pause maybe the diamondbacks can come back or is this going to wind up being a rangers rollover well
2: there's a path for the diamondbacks there really is and, and they just have to find a way to win game five and then swing it back to texas for game six and seven uh, i'll make this big picture point this is me trying to convince everybody to, to tune in and, and remain engaged in baseball, but this series is not over, and I, if you've been paying any kind of attention to postseason and Bates with the same thing, I think broadly speaking out there, a 3-1 series lead does not a series win. I mean, there is there is a lot of baseball left. The Diamondbacks back from a 3-2 series deficit on the road and win in Philly to, to claim the pennant, and they're one win away from that exact same situation presenting itself, and, and it wasn't like they got got completely outclassed in this game. I think early on, the the bullpen game strategy failed. It failed, period. That, that's, that's what decided it. The Rangers cashed in with people on base, but the Diamondbacks, it wasn't as though they were back offensively. They were able to score seven runs. Early on, maybe they weren't getting the right hit at the right times. Honestly, I would say that the early game caught stealing had a, a tremendous impact on things uh, with, with Marte. I think that was a big momentum play early. I think similarly Simeon starting the game with, I think, an eight-pitch at-bat was a big moment early. These playoff games can swing even in a game that looked like it was lopsided for a while tonight. They swing on the smallest margins. And the Diamondbacks, they've Got more than just a little chance here. I think that they, because of just the, the season ball has gone this year, and how how ordinary really Texas has been at home. There's a, and then you don't have Garcia, you don't have Scherzer. There's a path, and I think that's similarly why you might say, "My that, that okay, well if you're up three-one on the road, you're feeling really good. You got game six and seven at home, but." Just given how unpredictable it's been for the Rangers at home, given the way that things have gone with the personnel that they're losing right now, this is not anything resembling a, oh, well, if we don't win, we'll find a way to win at home for sure. I don't think there's any of that false sense of security right now going on for the Texas Rangers.
3: Get in there and finish the job. Luka Doncic did assure the Rangers fans that he and Dirk Nowitzki will not attend the game uh, with a bunch of crying, laughing emojis. Uh, Something we were talking about, the series MVP, I think we could agree. And that would give him two. Now, you look at his regular season stats, where he's at now, but the the bunch of All-Stars, you start making cases of, hey, does this start creeping towards enshrinement in Cooperstown? Can we Mm. get that debate started?
2: Well, big moments matter. And I'm a big believer that big moments count extra. The postseason counts extra. I think what David Ortiz did in the postseason counted extra, certainly, and is one of the reasons why he's in the Hall of Fame. What Yadier Molina has done in the postseason is a huge reason why I believe he'll eventually be a Hall of Famer. And Now, Seager... Maybe not quite the same number of, of games played that, that you would look at. He's, he's coming up on it's a great first half of a career. He, this is his age 29 season. I think we need to see a similar level of production for him sustaining going forward. You know, last year he was able to play 151 games. That's a huge number. It's interesting, the year that he – his platform year in Texas, he only played 95 games that year. 95. And, of course, the previous year, pandemic short, he played fifty. He's had some injuries at at different times. But the last couple years in Texas, he's really reclaimed, I think, their status. You go 33 homers in back-to-back years, you lead the league here, and then if you become a – two-time World Series MVP in addition to being an LCS MVP back in 2020 with the Dodgers. You're starting to build a case. And so what I would say is not not a locked first ballot guy, and not even a lock for the Hall at all at this moment, but you start to say he's trending in that direction. When you got that kind of hardware through age 29, if you can sustain this for six, seven more years, maybe even five, you start to wonder how different is his resume resume from chase Udley who is somebody who's able to stay healthy now for the next five to six years
0: he's on twitter at john morosi that is at john morosi mlb network insider jp as always buddy appreciate your thoughts man we'll talk as the series goes on this week have fun
2: Sounds great and t- tomorrow night uh i'll come back and i'll let you know my pick for the lions in their next game how about that
0: Oh, the red, the red hot lions and their red hot pick. Hope
2: we break down the chances of Craig Council being the New York Mets next manager.
0: <laughs> I dig it like it's a real show. See That's you, awesome.
1: JB. <laughs> It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a
0: radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
1: Welcome to Locatora Radio season nine. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen.